It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, brought to you by Action Carpet and by Senate Travel. I'm Dan Lavallo. He's Brad Field. And Brad, here we go, and we are recording this prodga- prod, uh, podcast. We are recording this podcast the day Easy before— Easy for you to say. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> we are recording this podcast the day before July 4th, and I think we're having a heat wave. What's going on? Well, Dan, we could end up having a heat wave. Um, we have to have three consecutive days with the temperature at or above the 90-degree mark. Uh, I've heard of some meteorologists uh, on television and radio and so forth predicting that we will have one. Uh, I honestly don't think we will. I think it will be close. And, you know, you don't want to split hairs. It's going to be hot. It will be up around 90 degrees. But if you get a day where the high temperature is 89 in that streak, it's not a heat wave. So I think we're going to be 90-ish today, which is Wednesday, July 3rd. I think we'll be 90-ish. Uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday, July 4th. And uh, I think by Friday, uh, the temperature may stay in the 80s. And then on uh, uh, Saturday, we're looking at, uh, I think, quite a lot of rain, Dan, and a chance of a strong thunderstorm or two. So when we look overall at the 4th of July weekend, I would say for sure the worst day will be Saturday. And that would be a heads up to anybody who is out there who has fireworks planned for that Saturday. I know some municipalities might wait until Saturday. Uh, they'll need a heads up on that for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, just to uh, tell everybody what the best day is going to be, I think it's clearly going to be Sunday. Because what we're going to uh, see, Dan, is a front coming through during the day on Saturday, which will bring us the showers and thunderstorms, but then once that front sweeps offshore, I think the humidity goes way down, uh, the sky becomes blue, we get rid of all the haze, we get rid of all the humidity, and Sunday, to me, looks like the weather winner. Okay, so let's break it down. As uh, we told our audience, we are recording this podcast near the noon hour on Wednesday, July 3rd, so let's, let's start from there. What does the rest of Wednesday look like? Well, Dan, on the weather map today, we've got high pressure, which is located right smack dab over the Great Lakes region, and it's going to pass right over New England on the 4th of July. So I think anybody that has the the, uh, the plans for parties or the uh, viewing, fireworks or whatever, uh, Wednesday night is fine, Thursday is fine, Thursday night is fine, but uh, as the high passes uh, over us... It assures us of mostly sunny weather. So mostly sunny this afternoon, uh, Wednesday, uh, July 3rd. Mostly sunny for the 4th of July, although it's going to be very warm. As I said, temperatures tickling 90-degree mark away from the Connecticut shoreline. With, let's call it moderate to high humidity, Dan. But the word you don't want to hear out of my mouth or any other meteorologist's mouth when we go through the summer months is oppressive humidity. I don't see that. I think it'll just be kind of moderate to high humidity for the 4th of July. Now, by Friday, the, here's where it starts getting interesting. The high slips offshore. And remember, around the high, we've got that clockwise flow. So we've got a southerly flow coming up. Uh, we've got increasing uh, humidity levels, especially on Friday. And at the same time on Friday, we will see a front approaching from the Great Lakes region. 
I think most of the day Friday we're going to hang on with dry weather and fine weather. But as we head toward dark on Friday, 7, 8, 9 o'clock in the evening, something like that, there is a rising chance for a shower or thunderstorm. Now, as that front becomes closer and closer as we move through the night Friday night and into the day on Saturday, the showers and storms become much more prevalent. And I think during the day on Saturday with the front nearby, we could have some heavy rain with those uh, showers and storms. And then uh, the front moves through, shifts through. Saturday night, we will see improving weather such that by Sunday, we've got uh, the lower humidity, the blue sky, high pressure building in from Canada. On uh, Monday, that high is going to be centered over the Great Lakes. And by Tuesday, that high pressure system will be over Pennsylvania. So we are looking at Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday being weather winners around here. And Dan, if anybody is um, taking vacation, kind of uh, abutting it to the 4th of July holiday weekend and making it a nice long uh, 10 or 11 day weekend, the beginnings of next week look very, very nice. So we're looking at... Um, Sunday the 7th, Monday the 8th, Tuesday the 9th, all being nice days with low to no higher than moderate humidity around here with the sunny sky uh, and the, the blue sky, not much in the way of haze or anything like that. And I do think that at night it will be comfortable. So, um, you know, any, any nights in July where you don't have to have the air conditioning going is a bonus, and that may be the case in the uh, early portion of next week. So it sounds to me, this uh, Bermuda high, would that be a Bermuda high, even though it's not going to be around that long, that pumps some of that humidity up into our region on Friday? Well, that's right, Dan. It's exactly right, because uh, even though this is a transient weather pattern, everything's moving, it, it will assume that Bermuda high position. Once the, once the high pressure area moves over New England, which I think it's going to do on Thursday, which is the 4th of July, once it starts getting offshore on Friday, it's going to start acting, you know, normally I would call it a heat pump. But now I'm going to call it more of a humidity pump. You're going to see the southerly flow. You're going to see the humidity start to climb in the Friday-Saturday uh, Friday, time frame. And so we've got the humidity in place, and then we've got the front coming, acting on that humidity. And what we call a, converg a convergence pattern, Dan, that's what causes upward motion in the atmosphere. And upward motion in the atmosphere is what leads to uh, the showers and storms and leads to precipitation. So picture a front, and as I say, the front is coming through on Saturday. Picture on one side of the front, a southerly wind, and on the other side of the front, a northerly wind, those winds converge, hence the word convergence, and then we get upward motion through the atmosphere, and that's what causes the uh, clouds to form, and then ultimately the showers and thunderstorms as that uh, convergence pattern becomes enhanced. But once that front moves by, the wind shifts around to the north and the northwest, and that's when we start to dry out, and that's when the humidity starts to drop, and that's when uh, the weather starts to look good. Okay. Well, all this sounds real good. Before we wrap up our podcast, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up what Europe endured last week, the massive heat wave that affected uh, Germany, France, uh, England, where the Yankees and Red Sox played in London. And I was reading that 
a Greenland block, the infamous Greenland block, was behind that heat wave. What do you know about that, Brad? Well, Dan, what I know is it went on for six or seven days, and it was searing heat for uh, the uh, Europe continent. At the same time, Dan, did you read about the uh, the uh, crazy hailstorm uh, in Mexico? Yes, I did. Uh, the, the, I mean, it was just, I, I saw some outrageous pictures where, uh, 18-wheelers were, were uh, trying to drive through halfway up their cab uh, was water, and, and there was ice everywhere. I mean, there's just been um, some crazy weather going on. But as I say, uh, everything is connected globally. Everything is connected globally. So if you've got big ridges of high pressure, you've got counterbalancing them deep, troughs of low pressure. So you've got these areas where it's extremely hot. You've got these areas where it's extremely cold. And uh, I guess um, we always look for the Greenland block here in the wintertime to slow storms down. And that's what gives us our real heavy dumps of snow is when we've got that uh, um, Greenland block in place, which will slow the storms coming up the coast. So instead of getting uh, six hours of heavy snow, we'll get 18 or 24 hours of heavy snow. So that's what we look in New England for the Greenland block to do. But that's just a huge ridge of high pressure over over the area around Greenland. So you've got to think that enhances a trough of low pressure, uh, which is maybe, uh, maybe just to the west of the European continent. So maybe out over the ocean waters, it's cool there. But then you've got the, the, the big ridge, the deep trough. So maybe over Europe, what formed was another big ridge. And that's probably why they had, uh, you know, that heat wave there, because everything is connected globally. So it's even even I've even seen some uh, sometimes when a, a typhoon is moving harmlessly through the Pacific Ocean, it will join forces with, uh, you know, say, low pressure up over. Uh, Alaska. And then all of a sudden, a huge ridge of high pressure will form in response to that over, say, Western or Central Canada. So everything is kind of connected globally. And I could be studying the weather patterns all day and and not exactly figure out exactly what is what. But it, it is true that uh, one thing happening somewhere will directly impact something happening somewhere else. So uh, as, as you read, and I will certainly give it credence, um, perhaps it was a that Greenland block that induced downstream troughing, so it was cold over part of the ocean, but by the time it got to the European continent, it caused a really enhanced ridge, which is what uh, made it very warm. And Dan, we are talking about that ridge over the southern part of the United States as we go through weeks number two in July, week number three in July. I would say it's the southern two-thirds of the United States. So for us, we're in the northern third of the United States. So I don't think our weather's going to be too out of the ordinary. I don't think it's going to be too hot. I don't think it's going to be uh, too cold. But what that heat ridge over the southern part of the United States is going to do, there will be uh, these little impulses of energy coming down from a cold pool that's going to be over western Canada. And I, I think we're going to see these impulses tracking through the Dakotas and then just about due east 
through New England. So what that's going to do here, Dan, is I think finally start producing some periodic thunderstorms here in Connecticut. Now, we have not really had much in the way of severe weather at all. Not at all. Uh, this uh, this spring season. But I do think that we're going to have to be on the lookout uh, over the next couple of weeks because as these fronts come along and you've got that cold pool coming through in the upper levels of the atmosphere, I'm not saying it's going to be cold here on the ground, but you're going to have an unstable atmosphere with very cold air aloft from time to time and very warm air on the surface. So that, that's going to give rise to uh, looking out for some thunderstorms. So I would say uh, thunderstorm activity is going to be on the increase over the next few weeks. And also as these systems track across that northern third of the United States, uh, if, if one of them is strong out ahead of it, we'll get a whoosh of a southerly flow. So we will see periodic heat, too. We will see periodic heat, uh, periodic humidity, then we'll get the thunderstorms, then it will cool for a day or two, the humidity will drop for a day or two, and then I see the pattern repeating. So when you average it all out and balance it all out, I would say for week two of July and week three of July, overall I'm expecting very average conditions. So I would call it average temperatures. And remember, averages are made up of extremes. So I'm not saying they're... I'm not saying there can't be a 92-degree day, but it's going to be offset by an 80-degree day, which will give us an average of 86, which is just about where it should be this time of year. So I'm looking at sort of an average uh, situation overall, fluctuations in weeks two and three uh, of July, but uh, pretty close to average here temperature-wise and precipitation-wise. So, um, Dan, I can tie it all up with a bow here if you want and give, give you the, uh, the, the day-by-day, blow-by-blow forecast. Absolutely. Let's put a bow on it. All right. So for uh, Wednesday night, this is July 3rd now, we're looking at mostly clear, warm, and a little bit muggy. Uh, temperatures overnight will be in the 60s, but it'll be one of those nice summer nights if you're sitting out on your porch, uh, you know, doing a little stargazing or or uh, having a glass of wine or whatever. It should be a very, very uh, nice summer night. Uh, fireworks should be fine for fireworks overnight, uh, Wednesday night. Now, Thursday for the 4th of July, it'll be sunny and hot, but the humidity will let's call it moderate. I don't think it's going to be too bad. It'll be about 90 degrees or so inland Connecticut and 80 to 85 if you're heading down to the Connecticut shoreline. For the 4th of July nighttime, it'll be partly cloudy with temperatures in the 60s. Now, on Friday, we will see an increase in clouds. Remember, the high is uh, sort of drifting off to the east, so increasing humidity uh, on Friday also, the rising chance for a shower or storm. But I do think most of Friday is, is fine. Most of Friday is dry. I think the, the shower or storm threat will come right as we head toward dark. So 75 to 80 on Friday uh, for the shore and 85 to 90 for interior Connecticut. So if we happen to hit 90 on Wednesday and happen to hit 90 on the 4th of July and happen to hit 90 on uh, Friday, that would constitute a heat wave, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Friday, Friday night, Dan, the showers and storms become more prevalent, uh, the front coming closer. 
But wow, if you do not have air conditioning on Friday <laughs> night, I think you're going to be uncomfortable because the temperature is going to be between 70 and 75, and that's the low temperature. Wow. That's the low temperature, and it's going to be muggy as well. So Friday night, uh, showers, storms, uh, warm, muggy, uh, showers and storms on Saturday. And remember what I said about Saturday. Some of that rain could be heavy, um, 80 to 85 degrees. Now, that doesn't sound that warm, but you'll be able to cut the humidity with a knife on, on Saturday. It'll be very, very humid day. But we start to see improvements on Saturday night setting us up for the weather winter uh, Sunday. Uh, I think Sunday, July 7th, is just a beautiful day, clearing much more comfortable humidity, uh, upper 70s to mid-80s across the state. But with that low humidity, it's going to feel nice. And Dan, our long range, before we do our next podcast next week, it looks like Monday and Tuesday look just fine. Sunny, warm, comfortable humidity, uh, fairly comfortable uh, conditions at night. And as I mentioned, if, if you're lucky enough to be on vacation next week, you picked a good one, at least to start the week, I can promise you, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are looking good. Terrific. Well, Brad, to our podcast audience and to you and your family, a happy 4th of July. Enjoy the upcoming weekend. Dan, I echo what you said exactly. I hope everyone has a terrific 4th. And uh, to you and Susan, I hope you have a, uh, a great 4th of July holiday. Thanks, Brad. The Bradfield Weather Podcast brought to you by Action Carpet of Simsbury and Senate Travel. I am hosting a cruise through Senate Travel. This is a Viking Rhine getaway, the Viking Rhine River Cruise. We're cruising through Holland, Germany, France, and Switzerland. And along the way, we'll visit castles, windmills, and other great stops along the scenic Rhine. When you ask, in April of 2020, an eight-day river cruise. But you have to get started now by giving us a call. Prices start at $39.49, including airfare out of Bradley, lunch, dinner, and beer and wine with meals. Again, prices start at $39.49. But you have to act now. Time is running out. Now, April seems like, well, it's, it's nine months away, but... April will be here before you know it, and we have to plan this out long before April of 2020. But how about joining me? I'll be the host on this eight-day river cruise of the Rhine River, April of 2020. Call Senate Travel today at 203-575-1010, 203-575-1010. And for Brad Field, this is Dan Lovallo saying, as always, thanks for listening to the Brad Field Weather Podcast.